All right. We have an intro somewhere. <laughs> where's our where's our sexy intro? Hey, we're going audio. We're going Every old school today. Okay. Has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. Right. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. All right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It's February 23rd. I'm pretty sure that the stream will go smoother than this moving forward. It feels like Mike had one week off and forgets where the buttons are. Anyway, we forgot the, the video intro, but for those who are watching the video part of it, you get our, our pretty faces right away. All right, let's get right into it. My friend Pep, over on the Quebec side, you are not having a great day today physically. <laughs> How's your back, bud? Uh, it's all right, man. It's all right. I spent the weekend at, uh, well, I spent Sunday in the hospital trying to figure out what's firing off the nerves in my low back. And uh, so I got some more testing done tomorrow. Hopefully they can figure out what's going on. Well, hopefully you start feeling a little bit better. I don't know if yeah. it's, uh, well, once you start getting answers, it starts to become manageable, hopefully. Oh, yeah. And it's the frustrating parts, the, uh, like, you know, when you hurt when you hurt something, it's nice to know how you did it. But when it just sort of happens when you wake up, it's it's a little bit more jarring and troubling. But I'm not overly concerned. This isn't uh, this is something I've been living with. So, you know, it's all about maintenance, eh? So just staying on top of it. And uh, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm not overly concerned, but it's frustrating. Well, Chronic pain is pretty annoying. It is. You know who's famous for having a bad back is Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is having a bad everything right He's now. He's having a bad a bad day today. Um, for those who don't know, Tiger Woods was in a car accident today. Um, was uh, I don't know if he was airlifted, but he was sent to the hospital, and he was he's actually in surgery or had surgery already with uh, uh, a bunch of issues with his legs. So whether his legs were broken or what, I'm not 100 percent sure at this point. It's still fairly new from a reporting standpoint. Uh, but um, yeah, our thoughts are with Tiger Woods as he goes through this. It was a single car cra- uh, crash. Uh, alcohol was not at play. Um, they are, they did say that, uh, you know, they didn't rule out anything else, but alcohol wasn't at play. So, um, yeah. Are we seeing a glimpse of like, I mean, God forbid he ever dies, but are we seeing a glimpse of sort of what, what it's going to be like, uh, for him if, when, if, and when he dies, like, I mean, this is really like, it's 20, it's 24 hour coverage on every American news channel. Is he that polarizing a figure? I mean, we've kind of forgotten about him over the years, you know, with the injury, and I think he he wasn't a top 10 player for a couple of years, but he made his way back. He just recovered from a fifth back surgery, speaking of backs, you were saying. Mm -hmm. But uh, he's broken both his legs. But, I mean, is he to golf? And I posted this on our our show page just before we went on the air. Is he to golf like what Ali was to boxing kind of thing? Is this? I mean, I, you know, you're a golf guy. I'm a golf guy now. Um... But yeah, I would. Tiger Woods' effect on the sport of golf um, is equivalent to that of you know Ali and and Michael Jordan and those kind of guys. Um, you know, he's had his off course issues, so he may not be um, quite in the Ali sort of conversation in in sort of that respect. But from a golf standpoint, from a sport and what he brought to it, what not only what he did. Um, as the as an athlete, but as an ambassador of the game, as a, a way that the the young generation sort of really 
caught on to the golf and started following it. And they, you know, and then you see all the next wave of guys, you know, the, the DJs and the um, Ricky Fowlers and Spies and like guys are out there uh, playing a game a lot younger than what traditional PGA pros were like. And, you know, again, showing some more character and having a lot of fun when they're doing it. And I think that was a big appeal to uh, a mass of, uh, un- of younger fans. And I think, Golf owes him a lot in that sense of where it, it is uh, today. And, you know, would I be into golf if it wasn't for Tiger Woods and what had happened to bring that up? I'm not sure. But yeah, I, uh, I'm Tiger the same Woods way, man. is big. I'm the same way. I mean, 2000 was really, really when he broke out. And then, you know, Tiger Woods golf came out on all the video game systems. And I started, I only watch golf when he's in, when he's in the mix in the, in the fourth round. Otherwise, I mean, no offense to Phil Mickelson and some of those other guys, but I'm not watching unless he's he's making a run for it. So, hey, he's uh, yeah, I'm with you there. It is. It's definitely you want to see him uh, do well. Uh, I haven't come across many people that don't cheer for Tiger when he's playing, um, which is a little bit different because a guy like Tom Brady, I guess there's team aspects and stuff, and, and there's a little bit more uh, of an entrenched uh, hatred towards a team. If you have a dislike towards that team and Brady's on that team, then I can see that. But you just – you don't see – and Michael Jordan, same type of thing. But you don't see uh, – you either love him or you hate him sort of thing with a lot of those. Mm-hmm. And Tiger Woods just seems to be a lot of love given everything else that happened too. You know, they just uh, – it's – hey, Tiger is special. No doubt. And, you know, the, the that putt that he made where it went down the hill and then it kind of stopped at the lip and then it went in. And I think yeah. it was Vern Lundquist who was going bananas. And, like, that was – that was and it, and it was getting dark, right? Is that the one where it was getting dark out? There was a, a pretty big shadow over that yeah. uh, that green at that time. Crazy. Like, totally crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, uh, thoughts thoughts go out to him and hopefully he's okay. And By all accounts, he's, he's in surgery. It's not life-threatening, but, you know, you have to wonder if he's going to be able to resume his career. Well, I think it was already up into for debate almost after the last uh, pro-am where he handed that award out and they were asking about the Masters and he was like, look, I only have one back. I got to kind of figure out how to deal with that. And then yeah. for this to happen, I, I really don't expect to see Tiger Woods play golf ever again, unfortunately. Uh, but I think that it's just going to be way too much for him at this point. Interesting. Um. Another uh, big thing today for me, obviously, I've uh, swapped out my jersey for <laughs> Mr. Tim Tebow uh, has retired from the sport of baseball now. So as an athlete, a professional athlete who is arguably one of my favorite athletes of all time, uh, Tim Tebow has retired. So I got the uh, the Syracuse Mets hat on because we had gone down to watch him play in uh, Syracuse. Great little ballpark, but it was a lot of fun to see. Um, and, uh, this is the Jersey from, uh, the 2009 national championship. And actually today, I think I, I CCD or I messaged you cause some Gator nation football page was showing the 2008 sec championship between Florida and Alabama. Alabama was ranked number one at the time, the back and forth that led to this national championship game. And, uh, just the names that were being, uh, dropped from, from Julio Jones to Tebow and Harvin wasn't playing, but spikes and Joe Hayden and, uh, Amon Black and uh, Major Wright and uh, Aaron Hernandez, uh, Dunlop, like this. Mark Ingram was uh, a junior at the time. Anyway, it's just it's it's a lot of fun to watch those classic games from back in the day and and know now sort of like their professional careers have kind of been established or have either happened or not happened. So it's 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 a lot of fun to uh, to see. But it was uh, a good Florida Gator day to to see that. And um, yeah, Tim Tebow retires. 
Um, and uh, yeah, as an athlete, I'm going to miss uh, miss following his news. I have some of my thoughts on Tim Tebow. I'm disappointed that no team ever gave him a, an opportunity. Uh, Denver specifically. I think, you know, when he went to, to New York as a backup, I mean, New York was a, at that time was the, on the tail end of that successful run that they had with Chad Pennington and they, they, they had started the transitioning over to uh, after Mark Sanchez. And then they really, the wheels fell off in New York. They didn't give him a shot. I really thought he had an opportunity in Denver. Good offensive line, good running game. Great defense. You know, they bring in Manning, they win a Super Bowl, they lose one. I, I get it, I guess. But, you know, if they're, if a team like Baltimore can flip their entire offensive scheme, like, I mean, they had good receivers to no receivers because they built around Lamar Jackson. Why wouldn't uh, a team like Denver give that opportunity to Tim Tebow? Look, this, as, as painful as this, this is for me to admit, he beat Pittsburgh. He beat a, a Super Bowl championship caliber defense they Pittsburgh had, yeah yeah air horned it all you want because the year before Pittsburgh made the Super Bowl and th- that year for whatever reason Pittsburgh was 12 and 4 but had to play in Denver I'm not sure how that worked out exactly could have been just a, a D- Denver won the, the, the division or something division, yeah. yeah but I mean that was a good Pittsburgh team and that mm-hmm. was sort of the last hurrah with that group so I mean that was a big <laughs> was a big one and his numbers were good he was like 20 for 26 or something crazy and yeah, accurate, and he made the throws that he had to make. I'm surprised Denver just didn't sell in and just go and say, you know what, he's, he's, we're going to do it. We're going to just keep him. And uh, Yeah. There was something in that game that was, uh, and I'd have to maybe Curtis would know, but there was uh, a lot of uh, symbolism and numbers. You know how sports is always like this kind of mm-hmm. um, number relation, and his was, I forget, it was like he went – whatever for whatever for 316 yards and then it was like at the three minute and 16 mark or whatever that's something like there was a lot of this like connection (laughs) to like john 316 and these bible verses that tim you know (laughs) would display on his face and obviously uh preach but um there was all that correlation that was uh you know just kind of i don't know almost eerie to uh, when you start looking at all those numbers sure anyway um yeah and whatever that's my distaste for john elway after that fact is still lived to this day, I just, yeah, I don't I'm in get the same it. boat. I'm like, why wouldn't you give a guy like that a shot who's proven himself he's a, he's a winner? Yeah, he's not, you know, the standard dropback quarterback, 500 yards, whatever. But if you do put him into the right situation, you know, we know what he can do. And it's, yeah, seeing teams like Baltimore, I'm happy they're doing it to a guy like Tamar Jackson because hopefully, you know, again, that's turning the page to allow other guys with other skill sets that aren't your traditional drop-back quarterbacks to be successful and can yeah. be successful. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, moving on from that, the only other thing I had in the intro, uh, because I don't think we talk any Raptors today, and I just kind of wanted to get your feeling, because the Raptors, you made a big point on our Facebook page of the Raptors having a, a pretty decent run over the last little while, and I wanted to ask you this question, if you thought that the Raptors were better without Kyle Lowry in the lineup. Well, before before that, they played the, they're playing the Sixers again tonight. Again, the Sixers, number one team in the East. So, you know, if they if they win tonight, Lowry's not in. If they win tonight, that's going to be five or six. I'd have to double check. Five or six in a row, all without Lowry. Are they better without Lowry? No. I mean, you're not be- you're not better without him. But 
the lineup doesn't make sense with him with him and Van Vliet in the starting lineup. So I would say they would have the same amount of success if they started him and brought Van Vliet off the bench or vice versa. I don't think Lowry's going to accept the bench role. I mean, why 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 should he? He's a veteran. He's yeah. been around the league. He's still he's still very very effective. But to start him and Van Vliet at their size, they're not quick enough to both start. And we saw Boston just dismantle them. You know, that Boston bullied them in the bubble, and it's because they're just not big enough down low. So I don't like the starting lineup with them. Are they better without him? No. Are they better um, uh, with him and Van Vliet starting together? No. So it's tricky. I mean, there's teams that are going to, the, the, the trade deadlines around the corner, there's teams that are going to make some make a push for him. Yeah, it's tricky. But well, that's what I'm wondering. Big men. Like, if you have that option, would you now be more inclined to look at yep. a trade? for Kyle yep. Lowry and say, you know what, we're doing pretty good without him. If we can add a couple pieces here and we can't have, or it doesn't make sense, like you said, for a Lowry and and Freddie on, the, on at the same time. So Freddie's the younger guy, the guy you just kind of signed. He's the one that has, you know, a considerable upside, I think, and still oh. more to prove. So you, you sort of, do you hand the keys to, to Freddie and say, look, like we're moving forward and let's get some real good pieces with a guy who hopefully can fetch a good trade value. Yep. I, I mean, I, you, if a deal comes across tomorrow where you get a big man and a backup point guard, um, you, you got you to gotta do it. You got to do it. Right now, their lineup is quite well balanced. Like, it's a it's a good mix of size. You, well, their youth. I mean, the, their core is Powell, OG, Siakam, and Van Vliet. They just need a big man. Chris Boucher is, he's in the talk for six man of the year. Chris Boucher from Montreal. He is in the talk with Terrence Ross um, and, uh, geez, the name, the other, other guy slips my mind right now. Um, but there, those are the six men of the year candidates, and he is absolutely in the conversation. So, yeah. So well, no, they're not better without him. They're not better comment. without him, but no, I mean they need to get some for him, but just to balance out the roster. All right. Um, okay. Before we get going on, we got to pay some bills, like you say, and we got a, a classic sponsor is back <laughs> in the house. <laughs> <laughs> am i doing it all right oh yeah, Today, yeah this hey, is all you man all right today's show is brought to you by <laughs> ken trip real estate for those who don't recognize him he was our first ever sponsor we appreciate him but if you're looking to buy sell invest in real estate experience and effort where it counts the most trust ken trip for all your real estate needs Ken Tripp, we'll, we'll get some old pictures of him with his uh, handlebar mustache for November, all that kind of stuff. But if you're looking for anything, um, reach out to, to Ken. He'll give you a hand from the real estate business. It's booming. It is booming. You need mortgages. <laughs> you go back to Eric Fabian. He gets the lowest rates. Buy the place through Ken Tripp. Hey, you guys are laughing. You know what? I think I like about Ken Tripp as a human being. He's, he's no nonsense. He's uh, like he kind of... You know, call a spade a spade, and I, I like that about him. He's honest. Big fan. Uh, hey, when you have people that you're dealing with in terms of buying a house or buying anything that is going to be a long-term investment, whether you're living in it or whether you're going to rent it out, fix it up, flip it, whatever, these are big investments and likely the biggest yeah. investment most people will make in their lives. So if you can't trust yeah. the person that's helping you find it or sell it or whatever – then, you know, you, you just, there's no comfort level there. You got to have somebody you can trust. And uh, that's where uh, Ken comes in. And again, no nonsense, but uh, 
somebody you can trust is, is what you want in that business. Absolutely. All right. You want to start us off here? We got, I got a new hockey intro. I've worked on it. Oh, okay. Let's see it. Yeah, let's get it. Hello, Canada and hockey fans, United States and Newfoundland. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I someone had just posted uh, I, on one of those hockey threads. They, I want to see the old intro for Hockey Night in Canada come back. It hurts me to to not hear that. I mean, that I think what you just played is kind of a snippet of um, the new Hockey Night in Canada intro. Is that what it is? It's not like the no. It's more the old school. I think it's just not the real old. That even the sound quality just sounds ancient so for yeah. a sound quality thing we went with this one i went with this one i like it uh but it's not the no i, w- I didn't want the new one i wanted the uh the older so i mean correct me if i'm wrong for those who are listening but i thought it was one of the older ones i like it uh i'm i miss the old i miss actually i i dare i say this i almost missed don cherry yeah i mean don I kinda, cherry he was half the reason you'd watch games that weren't teams that you were interested in you want to at least watch the first period intermission because him and Ron were staples and they're icons in Canadian hockey. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate. Has he, have you guys been following his podcast at all? Is he still doing it? He he is. I haven't I haven't paid much attention. They're short, eh? They're only like ten or fifteen minutes, I think. So uh, just between uh, his naps, I think is what he said. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So I'm sure it's great. You know, I'm you know, I, I miss what's well, nostalgic, right? Because it goes back to uh, Saturday nights and the Leafs and Habs playing every Saturday night and watching Ron and uh, the first intermission was always them. So I don't even watch the intermissions now on on Saturdays. It's just uh it's uh, whatever Elliot no. Friedman. Yeah, and I don't. Bunch guys. I, Elliot Friedman annoys me, but I kind of like Kevin Bieksa. Mike, our Big producer, fan. just confirmed this is the old one. So you're welcome. Yeah, it's the old one. Pat. Very cool. But yeah, I like Kevin Bieksa. But other than that, oh, who's the the guy who used to play and he's uh, he looks swollen now? <laughs> um, is he on TSN? No, he's on that same panel. Uh, anyway, I can't think. But I'm like, I think he used to play, <laughs> but. Like a lot of retired athletes, I guess he ballooned up a bit. Anyway, um, makes me feel. Are you shocked uh, Brian Burke took the job in Pittsburgh with uh, Ron Hextall, who who would have thought Hextall, who played for Philly, would take a job with um, with uh, Pittsburgh? Are, are you are you are you surprised he's back in hockey? Considering he didn't look so great, like the times I saw him on TSN. You know, you reach an age where you you kind of want to enjoy the rest of your. He's he's back in the thick of things. It's a stressful job. Yeah, but he was never really out of it. Anthony Stewart is the kid that is doing the uh, the roundtable. It was okay. Used to Did play. he play? Yeah, I can't remember okay. where, but I know I remember the face, and I'm like, oh yeah, he used to play. But okay. it took me a second because I had to do this. Yeah, bring my feet. Okay. <laughs> Again, I'm in no position to talk about that, but <laughs> it makes me feel better that you know I'm not the only one. Anyway, um, no, Berkey has hasn't really left the game. You know, he's been on the, the panels. He's been sort of in the thick of things. He's always around, you know, the international games and stuff too and in talks yeah. with building those teams and stuff. So he hasn't really been out of it. Uh, I don't know what his personal life is or whatever. It just seems like this is what he does and he will do it until the day he dies. So sure. I'm not surprised that he's back in business. Actually, I have a uh, a book, uh, Brian Burke. I don't know if it's an autobiography. Anyway, I got a book for Christmas, a Brian Burke one that I got to read. So uh, maybe I'll have more info for you. 
You know what? He, he's he's grown on me post-Leafs. I think the, he really did a number on that franchise with the whole truculence and we got to get bigger and stronger. He kind of took it to the next level and got guys who couldn't really play, just guys who who would just smash everything in sight, but they weren't they weren't terribly skilled. So, you know, not being a Leafs fan, but I just I did like watching the Leafs. I'm always rooting for a Canadian team when they're playing an American team. So, anyways, uh, I was surprised to see that hiring, but I wished them both the best and, you know, classy organization. Pittsburgh knows what they're doing. Um, speaking of classy or unclassy, how about Artemi Panarin, who's arguably the best player on the Rangers? Uh, he had to take a leave of absence. He's he's Russian, for those of you who don't know who he is. Great, super skilled player. Um, he denies the accusation, but there's a report out of Russia saying that he assaulted an 18-year-old uh, woman. And... Panarin claims that it's completely and totally fabricated and that it's just because he's been outspoken about Putin, which is, you know, when I, you hear all the stories that come out of Russia and, you know, this, this particular one, this latest one with this guy, uh, the opposition who's been, who tried to, was almost poisoned while he was on vacation and some of these crazy stories, it's hard not to believe Panarin. It's the stories that you would hear. Uh, I mean, any Russian player that's over here in the NHL, what, there was always stories of what was happening in their personal lives, what was happening with their families back home, and, and they really needed to, like, it seemed toe a line here. And uh, so when you hear this, I mean, when you hear the allegations, you say, okay, you know, I've heard those before with other hockey players and other athletes. You know what I mean? Like that, yep. you know, piece of whatever, uh, yep. lineman. Like just there's things there that, you know, unfortunately – it's something that we hear before. So we're not shocked by it. But at the same respect, I'm not shocked by the uh, rebuttal by him saying of, of what his thoughts are and saying, no, this is because of the Russian regime because I'm trying to speak out. And then, you know, again, Matty P posted an article about the, you know, the richest man in Russia who, again, was, um, you know, speaking out politically against Putin, and then now he was in jail for ten years. Anyway, just all that kind of stuff. That's um, crazy. It's it's absolutely crazy. It's like stuff that, fortunately, we only think of in the, in the movies. But these are what these guys are living with. And, absolutely. Uh, so uh, again, either it's one or the other, and either one is not great by any means. So I I feel for the the kid. I think you know. Um, I mean. I don't know. My my personal feeling when I when I see it or read it, if there's accusations and if you are not um if you if you say that you're innocent and you're or you're lying and you're saying uh, there's a reason for it, I am not as a Russian going to then throw the Russian government as my excuse. Mm -hmm. I guess that was my feeling. Say, well, no, that not, not only am I guilty of this, I'm now deflecting. Now I'm going to have another problem with the government because I'm bad-mouthing them. And I think that uh, that's just not something that Russian players would do. So I, I tend to believe that story more so than the other one. What, what I like about his rebuttal is that it was quick and it was swift. He didn't wait for all, you know, you'll hear from my lawyer. He wanted to like, and I have always said this about people who are being accused of something. I always wondered why they would wait you know, to, 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 if you're really not guilty, I mean, if someone accused me of stealing from something from them and I didn't do it, I would be like, I would call that person almost immediately say, Hey, I, what, what, I didn't steal from you. What are you talking about? So the fact that he, you know, addressed it quickly, I think for me speaks to per, 
I'm, again, I have no idea what happened. I don't even know if there is a, if there's even a victim, I don't even know if there is, you know, we're, we obviously feel for that victim, but like, I tend to, I tend to lean on his side, especially considering all the crap that comes out of Russia, like you said. So wild stuff. Um, outdoor games, Brock, are you, are you a fan of them? Are you just, Hey, did you watch the one in Lake Tahoe this weekend? It was a gorgeous setting, but are you a fan of them or do you, or do you find them sloppy? Like I do. Uh, I find them intriguing because it's something new. You know what I mean? And it's the weather is never, you're never sure what it's going to be like. So sometimes you get the big snowstorms or whatever, and they're playing yeah. through it and it's, or it's super cold and you see the goalies with toques on their masks, all that kind of stuff. So there's, I tune in for like the sideshow of it. The hockey is never great. Um, again, the ice is never arena quality ice so passes are all over the place uh you know it's it's one of those like the game philly and pittsburgh it's like kind of just shoot from anywhere and like stuff's gonna happen yeah um lake tahoe uh, i turn it in beautiful setting uh i did spend most of the time uh looking into the water in the distance to see if i could find my glasses because as mike dean will attest we went down there for a hockey tournament and um went paddle boarding for the first time I had these the first time i ever bought oakley's <laughs> like with my own money Oakley's it was I figured we we're in Florida I think Angie's with me and, and we were picking out I spent probably two hours trying to pick these these Oakley's out went paddle boarding dropped them in the water black uh, glasses the water is the clearest water you'll ever see the nicest sand and I, we spent hours because we're like we got to find them it's a black pair of glasses in the most beautiful lake you'll ever be part of <laughs> but uh, just it really made me want to go back there it's it's a beautiful place I think that sure. they did a really good job of the ice and the rink and the setup and being on a golf course and um, you know if if they're going for that kind of spectacle i think they did a really good job and hats off uh, i really like vegas's red uh, jerseys too yeah so do i i i really like the, the philly boston uh, outdoor jerseys that, that look good too they played the night after i uh, you know i'm a fan of the games uh, because i like the i like the novelty i think the novelty is kind of worn off a little bit but not quite you know I'd, I'd like to see it once once a year maybe you know you have two or three games on the same ice surface um well, that's what it was. It was like a one-off before, yeah. and now it seems like there's half a dozen, and it's spread throughout everywhere. So it does kind of, unless you're I'm okay at the with game. It. I'm okay with it. I would love to see them take the opportunity to um, to widen widen the ice surface. You know, I've been talking about this for forever. There's an opportunity where it's outdoors. There's nothing around you. I know you got to bring in more ice and maybe another bit of boards. And it's going to cost some money, but I mean. You know, it's an opportunity to make it a little bit wider. It's, you know, it's outdoors. The ice isn't great. Maybe a bit more ice might help the quality of the game outdoors specifically. I don't know. I, you know, I keep harping on this. It's, it looks such, when you watch hockey live, it's great. When you watch it on TV, it really looks like they're playing in a phone booth. That's true. The angle of the camera from that side is pretty tight. Makes the boards look really tight. Yeah. Maybe the outdoor game, they should have no boards. Have no face-offs. Just play like it would be normal and shinny. And just give her for an hour. I like it. I like it. Um, this is this is a silly question. Again, this has to go sort of staying with the same theme of like, I just find the ice too small. Is there really a need for four refs on the ice? Uh, no. And I, they don't Are get it right the all the time. Anyway, I think, you know, I mean, you could have... 
somebody calling offsides from outside the rink, from That's just outside was, the exactly. boards. You can have somebody yeah. there. Uh, your icing is pretty straightforward. You, so I think you could even get away with two. Um, but I think with technology nowadays and stuff, like, I mean, they're replaying uh, offsides as it is. So if it's super tight, you have an option to replay it or whatever it is. Um, no, I think, you know, you talk about rink size, you want to make a bit more space, take out a couple of uh, zebras and you'll be all right. I think so. And I think I'm finding that, noticing that more, especially now with the, the game being in the corner so often. You know, you try that cycle game, and the referees either hip, hip, hop scotching, hip scotching, whatever hip that scotching. is, hip scotching, hip scotching over the puck. And anyway, uh, again, I'm being nitpicky about the game. It's it's the one it's the one sport out of the four majors that I think needs a little bit of tweaking. Personally, um, who's the best player in the NHL right now? Not named Connor McDavid. I would have to go with Austin Matthews. Um, Holy cow! I, me too. He's phenomenal right now. He just can't miss. You know, I don't know. Defensively, I think they all the whole team has their issues, but offensively, there's there's really, I mean, there's nobody better right now. He's the guy can shoot top corner. He put put the puck wherever he wants it. He, he's big. He's starting to use his body a bit more this year. I think playing with Big Joe has really helped him. Oh yeah, it really has. I think you know, it's helped all the forwards, to be honest. Oh. And you know that they took okay. They had a they had a tough game last night. They've they've met a hot goalie in in Riddick in uh, in Calgary who shut him out. But you know the the games prior to that, I mean, they handily beat Montreal. They look they've been looking a, a lot better. And they're I mean they were first in the NHL in, in terms of points. The overreaction with the Sens game I thought was ridiculous. Look, they were up five one, okay, and then the Sens came back. I get it. Sens nation just goes completely berserk. The Leafs came out and beat them twice in consecutive nights after that. And I thought the Leafs really made a statement by coming out and saying, you know what? We took our foot off the pedal. We could have been 10-1. And they came out and they really put the, the thump into the Sens. Uh, the next the first game. game after was only a 2-1, I think, or something. Like, it was a tight game and it was yeah. decided late in it. So the Sens came and still fought. And then it was, you know, the dam had kind of opened at that point. It was like a 7-2 yeah. route, which was was to be expected yeah. early. But like I said, when you talk about the Sens and the fan base and, and how they feel about this season, honestly, if you're just a normal fan, or not even a normal fan, a fan that doesn't follow every single score and you're just kind of like the buzz around town and your friends, all that kind of stuff, the Sens are right in the thick of things because they beat Montreal and they beat Toronto multiple times. And they're yep. competitive in those games. So you think, hey, the Sens must be you know, holding their own. Well, yeah. they're not in yeah. everything else, but for those things within this area, the Ottawa area, that's kind of what will dictate and the, the emotions and feelings of a Sens fan and this season is how does it how does it align with the Montreal and Toronto? And the fact that they're competitive in those games and winning some of those games is definitely going to soften the blow for the overall record that's going to show eventually. For sure. And Ottawa's playing Montreal again tonight after beating... They, they played well against them the other night. So, again, you know, it's Ottawa. At least they're, they're competitive against Montreal and Toronto, which is what you want to see if you're living around this area. Speaking of rivalries, like we're seeing with this new alignment, the importance of rivalries in sports. I think, you know, it, it makes the regular season more exciting. I think that's why baseball, you know, when you see the... Uh, Sens, right Sens now, Sens are leading 2-0. You know, Montreal's in trouble. Montre this was not on our show plan, but I, I wanted to just add this. Montreal's <laughs> in trouble, and Claude Julien is uh, is in uh, the hot seat. I mean, they started off like gangbusters. That's great, 
But lately, he went he tinkered with the lines for no particular reason other than to try to get Dano and Gallagher going. And now he really messed up some great chemistry. They they were rolling to Foley, Kudkiniemi, and Corey Perry on the third line, and Toffoli was leading the league in goals at that point. And then he went ahead and put Toffoli on the top line to see if he can get Gallagher and uh, and Deneau going. Deneau has no goals this year, and that's the top line. I know he's a defensive player, but you, no goals on your top line? So I think Julien really did did uh, Toffoli and Kutkaniemi a real disservice by flipping all that whole lineup together uh, out, of, out of whack. So, you know, they're in trouble. I mean, they're in trouble. And Carey Price... No, it's sacrilege to talk about this, but there's not that big a, a gap between Carey Price and Jake Allen. In fact, Jake Allen has played better than Carey Price this year. In the last couple of years, Mr. Price, boy, he lets in a lot of cheapies. Deal him. His con- I mean, it's an albatross. His contract is an albatross. But I mean, maybe it, maybe a a team that's got cup aspirations that's that's looking to solidify. Maybe Pittsburgh. Maybe Toronto. They probably won't trade him to a rival, but Toronto's a, a team that would pay for him. They would figure out how to get him and take yeah. a hit if need be. But he might be one of those pieces they're missing, guys who can steal a game when they need to, when the you know Austin Matthews isn't putting up five goals a game, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, steal it. I, you know the, I like Carey Price. I like him more I in like- Toronto. Love Carey Price as a person. I like him. You just don't know which Carey Price you're going to get from night to night, and it's it's troubling. And uh, I, the only way I get see him getting dealt is if it's to a, a team with an influx of you, of youth that can that, that can bring back an asset or two. They, I don't think they need goalies. I mean, Caden Primo's pretty much ready to go in the minors, and Jake Allen's a good goalie. I'll mm-hmm. take Nylander, sure. I mean, I don't. Carey Price is not Patrick White. He's he has no cups. I mean, you know the the, the some of the long. Uh, cup runs that they have made in the playoffs. It was uh, Yaroslav Halak in Nets. So I mean, I don't. I'm not. You know, I don't know. Somebody get. Uh, was it Shanahan? No. Who's uh, who's the Leafs GM? A young guy with the glasses there. Dubis. Dubis. Get him on the phone. Get him on the phone. I'll um, pack Nylander in a heartbeat. But like we're, rivalries in sports, like these are, are are we seeing? Should the NHL really consider having some of these uh, maybe back, more back to backs? Maybe uh, maybe more three games in a row type things where they're playing a rivalry uh, rivalry team, so we can develop some more rivalries again in hockey. Because right now, you know, like it's it, this is pretty cool. North Division's cool to watch. Yeah, and I would assume that some of the other divisions are having the same kind of appeal. So the ones where you know Pittsburgh and and Philly are playing multiple times a year, uh, Philly and the Rangers, um, you know, like established rivalries there those get people up and i think that uh yeah i i think so because rivalries sell tickets rivalries sell excitement rivalry gets people's emotions involved and they're the ones that want to be there the games are tighter they're more physical they're more intense they have a playoff feel i keep saying playoffs in sports in any sport is always better than the regular season so the more you can kind of emulate a playoff type feel and um, uh, repercussions for games within that, the better. And that's why I've always loved college football because every week, even though it's, you know, maybe they're not the best team you're playing, but if you take your foot off the pedal, then lose, you're kind of out of the conversation for a national championship. So yeah. there are these repercussions that you need to come every single night. And I think with these rivalry type things, I, I think it's the same thing. 
So I would love to see it personally from a fan standpoint, but I think from a league, a league is about making money. And if it's how do you get butts and seats? And that's a matter of, you know, getting rivalries and get people wanting to be at the game. Yeah, you're going to lose out on some stuff where it's, uh, you know, the, um, I don't know, um, uh, the LA Kings aren't going to get to see Connor McDavid, you know, maybe once every two years or something like that. But ultimately, you know, they want to see a rival. They want to see play the Anaheim Ducks more often or the Sharks more often. Guys, you know, teams that are in the area. So I think ultimately it's it's a better it's probably better for the game. Um, and I think the rivalry fans outnumber the I want to see this one particular player or one team. hundred percent, hundred percent. And so it's often. no coincidence that we see better rivalries in uh, in baseball and football because they don't have eighty two game seasons. Baseball, you're playing the same team three games in a row, which is kind of cool. Uh, if not more, unique, yeah. You know, unique to and sometimes more exactly. And football, you're playing your division rivals. Uh, twice a year. So that's, it makes up like 40% of your entire schedule. So I, I think maybe these 82 game season type uh, sports need to really reconsider and, and uh, figure, figure out a way to make these rivalries happen again. I mean, I can't even think of a basketball. I'm a, who's, who would you be, who would you say is Toronto, Toronto Raptors rival? Do they have one? They wouldn't even, maybe it's they're not, too young to this, have Yeah. One, there's but. no entrenched there. It's, it's who's, you know, current. So the Sixers yeah. are a pretty good one at this point, you know, when you think back to Vince Carter days and stuff. But Sure, I guess. Um, yeah. You know, for a time, it's uh, the Raptors and the Bucks were at the top, so it's kind of like they're the rivals. They're the games we want to see, and we want to see them beat them. But there's uh, – but other than that, like there's, there's nothing that's really established. Exactly. Well, that's all I got for, uh, for some puck talk, buddy. All right. Well, I, uh, those are good questions. We got a 30-second. You're going to talk about some UC merch? Yeah, let's pull it up there. We got uh, UC merch. Look at that. Beautiful. So we got uh, three-quarter sleeves hoodies. We've got T-shirts, uh, various types of uh, caps, whether you like them fitted or snapback or both or uh, flex fit. Uh, check out our gear. And, uh, Brock, this is, a, this is a person you know, right? Yeah, so I've gone to uh, Steve and Mega City Promotions for multiple things for CFI for Football Forward. Uh, my Football Forward hoodies and track suits are all done by him, and uh, the hats and everything. So, um, yeah, he, he it's hard because he could do anything you like, absolutely anything you want, any size you want, any color you want, any style you want. He's got you know jackets and all that kind of stuff for those who are you know if you wanted to say I just want a jacket that has the UC stuff on it. He could put whatever you want on anything, however you want to have it done. But the quality has been great. As I say, I'm going to go order a couple of hoodies, um, you know, some more uh, work pants, I call them, but they're really just track pants because I work from home. But uh, right on. yeah, anyway, all all shapes and sizes, but uh, really good quality. And he sharpens skates. He's a wicked skate sharpener. Cool. And that's a good time of year to do that. Kids are back on the rinks, so uh, go get your skates sharpened there too. All right. Let's get some NFL talk. There's a lot. I love that intro. Doesn't that get you hype? That's the Fox, right? That's uh, is it Fox? That's Fox. That go. That dates back to Madden and Summerall, basically when they first took over when they switched from CBS. Wild stuff. Love that. Uh, love that theme. All right, so we're going to get into some NFL talk. Uh, I added a couple things to our list. You had a bunch of free agents and stuff like that. But 
Some of the rumors that have been coming out uh, now, whether or not they happen, I don't think they will, but had Russell Wilson's name thrown out there as being on the move. Uh, his camp, or there's rumors that him, him and his camp are unhappy with the lack of emphasis that the Seattle Seahawks organization has put on their offensive line. Mm-hmm. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I think they are since whatever date, maybe since Russell Wilson, since their last uh Super Bowl run, I think they've put the le- the least amount of money into their O-line. They've drafted mm-hmm. the least amount of O-linemen. They've uh, not re-signed. Anyway, they're just like on the bottom of the list with all these O-line categories. And Russell Wilson has taken a beating because of that. And he's mm-hmm. had to make plays and look like an MVP player every single time he's out there just to win a game. So he was in the MVP talk early in the season. And they were just, just winning games because... Mm-hmm. He was making things happen with nothing. So as a quarterback, you got to be upset and say, we got to do something. So because of that, he's kind of been thrown around in some trade talks. And one, one rumored uh, four-way trade was um, Wilson going to the New York Jets. Now, apparently, he wants to go to New York. He, at one point, he talked about wanting to go to the Giants, too. So I don't know if there's some connection there. Maybe it's his wife. I don't know what it is, but there's something to New York. So the rumor was that Wilson would go to the Jets. Uh, the Jets uh, would send Darnold three first-round picks and one second-round pick to the Texans. <laughs> the Texans would send Deshaun Watson to the San Francisco 49ers. And then Seattle would end up getting Garoppolo, Nick Bosa, and two first-round picks mm-hmm. in this four-way blockbuster. So I wanted to kind of say, hey, if this happened, <laughs> who do you think would be the big winner? Well, just uh, the winner of these types of trades, or it's always the team that gets the best player. So, I mean, for me, the the best player out of all that, no no offense to Sean Watson, but the Jets. The Jets win that trade because they get the best player and they can build around him and they've dealt picks, but, you know, it's New York City. They can buy, they'll buy other picks or they'll trade up or down. Um, So, for me, right off the bat, New York wins that because Wilson's the best player. Um, I just, uh, like... You know what are the the Texans? Obviously, would be on the that would be a quick rebuild with three first rounds and a, and a, that's like a Dallas Cowboy haul. You know, I but I don't see like I don't see San Fran dealing Nick Bosa. They already got rid of Buckner, who went to Indianapolis and had a good year there. They've already they've dealt too many of their Super Bowl defense caliber players. Richard Sherman, they're not even sure they're going to resign him. I don't think San Fran can afford to really start messing around with their defense. They've already given away too much. Keep Bosa. Um, keep Garoppolo and just try to run it back with with those guys. And if it doesn't work, then you start making decisions at the end of, after this season. But I don't. It doesn't make a lot of sense for San Fran, personally. So if you take the fourth uh, Jets, so Wilson for Darnold, three first round picks and a second round pick. Would you do that if you were Seattle or or New York? If you just did that trade straight up, send Wilson to New York and then. Uh, Seattle would get Darnold, three first-round picks, and a f- second-round pick. Is that enough I mean, for Wilson? I'm, I mean, you, I mean, Wilson's the best player, so there's he's going to command that kind of – ah, that's a great I, – I mean, again, it depends what you – if you're going to do that, you're committing to not winning this year. So you deal Wilson, you're basically saying we're not we're not committed to the playoffs. This is kind of a rebuild, readjustment. We're not going to win this year. They're not. And they have no – Mikey Upati just retired. So there's another lineman that's gone. Um, 
you, you need to, it doesn't make any sense to them. I mean, it doesn't make any sense for them. If I'm them, I, I stay status quo. I keep Wilson happy. You know, I spend all my draft assets on offensive linemen, you know, go out and pick, get somebody on the free agent market uh, that can protect his blind side and away you go. I mean, let's come on, come on guys. Come on, Seattle. Don't even like, don't mess around here. If, Russell Wilson yeah. just, he put that out in the public so that you guys can get your act together and get some guys to block for him. But you're not going to deal this guy. If you if you deal Russell Wilson right now, it is absolutely insane. That'll go up to one of the worst trades ever, maybe. Oh, I mean, unless I mean Watson, I guess would be the only comp, comparable or comparable return. I, I guess I don't even I don't even think Watson's in Wilson's category. I think Wilson's in Mahomes' category. Yeah, I you know, and he can run, throw Mahomes. We we. Nothing works. There is no quarterback in this league that can do and be successful without an offensive line. So pay the big guys, pay the do big what guys. you got to do, and uh, and protect them, and he'll produce. Otherwise, he's toast. There's another chance that talks of uh, the Bears trading for Darnold as well. Do you think he's a good fit for Chicago? Ah, uh, you know, again, I mean, he's used to Bears losing offensive in New York. line is a bear, you, you again. You bring up the offensive line. Bears offensive line is not very good. Uh, they can't run block. And, uh, you know, Trubisky, I thought Trubisky played well for for having to run for his life half the time. So, and they, they don't have studs. You know, Allen Robinson is a is a free agent. Um, they don't have a ton of studs to throw to. I don't know. It's not, I don't think it's, no, it's not a good fit at all. I think they actually, I think they, uh, they resemble a lot like what the Jets are on offense, except they're a little bit more talented. So, no, bad fit for, uh, bad fit for Chicago. Uh, Brett Favre has spoken up. And he thinks that the Jaguars should not take Trevor Lawrence with the first overall pick and take Devontae Smith, the receiver from Alabama, as number one. That's crazy. He talks up. He says he's seen him, and he, he, he loves his game. And for a guy that he says they know it's going to him, but they still get him open, all that kind of stuff. Okay. But I agree mm. with you. Brett Favre is off his rocker. Mm. Who's going to throw to him? Right. They're going to pick a pick a quarterback in the second round. They might get Mac Jones, maybe they might get uh, they maybe they get Trask, but like those guys won't be ready for year one. I'll be interested actually to see because my part of my argument was that they got Smith got into situations because of Sarkeesian and his offensive coordination and his scheme and was designed in a variety of different ways to get him the ball. The NFL they never usually. Uh, make a package of plays that are designed specifically to get one person the ball. That's very mm-hmm. rare. The NFL has a lot of um, parity in terms of talent. You have guys that are upper echelon, but everybody else is still, you know, fairly close. Now, Urban Meyer going into Jacksonville, you know, is known for some creativity and some more flashy spread type offenses. But I just don't think, even at that level, that Devontae Smith is going to be that guy. Um, we already talked about his height, and most mock drafts have him falling below the receiver out of LSU anyway, who even set out this year, but he's because he's 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 not as big physically, and how's he gonna gonna stand up? So I mean Brett Favre, there's a reason he's not a GM or uh in the draft room, but that was his comment. I thought that was kind of interesting. If if uh, a team like Tampa Bay can devise a scheme to eliminate Tyreek Hill, then what chance does Devontae Smith have in the NFL 
Teams will teams will figure out. I mean, he might get. Yeah, will he get the ball in space? Sure. Will he will he have some big games uh, when it's week week nine and they're three and six? Yeah, probably. But teams will teams will figure out guys like him. Uh, I it just to to not take a franchise quarterback who could be your under center for the next 10, 12 years, and Trevor Lawrence who. By all accounts, and I certainly trust your your eyes. Uh, you know, you've seen a lot more of him than I have. You know, apparently a generational talent. You're going to skip that to take Devontae Smith? No, you're right. And I mean, just to, to, you know, put Tyreek and the Bucks defense, their scheme against Tyreek kind of in perspective, Tyreek Hill, even with whatever scheme they're doing, would be open. He will get open. He will have his opportunities. The problem in that game was that Mahomes did not have any time to even drop back and wait for that split second to happen. He was pressured all game. Um, it all started from up front. But if you put, again, KC against Tampa in that same situation with the starting offensive line that is upper echelon in the NFL when they're mm-hmm. all healthy and they're all playing, um, Mahomes gets that extra second an extra second sure. and Tyreek Hill will have five yards on you. It's just you can't shut him down completely if everything else is together. But you have one great piece like Tyreek Hill, and you say, I don't have a quarterback to get you the ball, or I don't have an offensive line to protect the quarterback to get you the ball, then it doesn't matter the Tyreek Hill piece. That's a piece that gets added on after. You need to build from your O-line quarterback out. Yeah. And that's and where I'll- the Jags are right now. And I'll give the Jags a little credit. They were, they were. I know the record didn't show, but they were competitive in a lot of games. They tried, they played well. They had a good defense, and uh, their offensive line held up for the most part. They just didn't, they couldn't score enough points because they didn't have enough talent. But I thought their line played okay. Um, nah, it's, it's no, you don't take Devontae Smith. No, no. I'm just trying to make an argument for. It. I can't even see it now. No, you don't. No, which uh, whatever. Far, I like Far, but. He says dumb fair. things. And he's done That's some dumb stupid. things in his career, eh? Some text message and stuff. Anyway, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you have a list of free agency, uh, free yeah. agents in the NFL. Um, I don't know if we get through all 25, but let's pick out some of the, the good ones. Let's go through sure. a couple of those. And then uh, we're 10 to 8, so you got uh, legends or not, I think. Yes, and I, I have an unsportsmanlike moment that I want to uh, bring up. Uh, okay, well, you know, there's there are uh, some interesting names who, uh, again, a lot of them look like they're going to probably re-sign with their teams or get franchise tagged. Um, before we do that, Chris Godwin, just before we got on the air, um, released a statement saying, I'd love to come back with Tampa Bay, but I also want to get paid. So I thought that was very interesting. It's kind of one of those, I, I want to come back, but I, I want my money. That being said, they're pretty they're pretty okay at wide receiver if he's not there. Yeah, he was a big piece, sure, but Mike Evans, when he's healthy, is one of the best receivers in the NFL. And Antonio Brown, again, I, I not my favorite human being on the planet. What's his contract? Is he there for a couple of years or what is that? Brown? Antonio Brown, yeah. I, I don't know if they sign him for one or two years, but I would assume they're gonna bring him back. I mean, he wants to come back and they, okay. he is he is probably one of the one of the top five wide receivers in the NFL, even at his advanced age. Advanced age, he's only early 30s. So, um, Chris, I wouldn't tread cautiously. You know, you're in a Super Bowl winning team and you, you know, don't just keep keep your business quiet, Chris. J.J. Watt. We'll start with J.J. Watt. Now, he's sort of the big fish. He's come out and said, um, you know, guys, you don't make a decision on where you're going to move your family. Like, you don't do that overnight. I'm still pondering. But by all accounts, it looks like it's between the Steelers and 
and the Packers. And I can talk to you a little bit about the Steelers side of things. They got a lot of cap room they have to make for, for this guy. Um, looks like um, Cam Hayward just restructured his contract. I think Joe Hayden's going to do the same thing. And Big Ben had a meeting with Art Rooney this morning. It went well. I don't even know what that means. Of course, it's going to go well. But uh, Big Ben needs to significantly take a pay cut uh, for, for things to work. If they make it work, I think the Steelers are the front runner for J.J. Watt. Well, I guess that, that puts all the, the Watt brothers together, right? Which, because uh, the other two guys are with the Steelers? Well, that yeah, right? that's the storyline, the, the fullback and then obviously T.J., but there's a secondary need. They have a need for him. Like, they're, they're going to lose Bud Dupree, who's coming off his ACL. And Bud Dupree was like... If, if T.J. Watt was number one in the league, Bud Dupree's like two or three in terms of edge rushers. He was a freak. And, uh, you know, to, to, when they lost him, that's it was no coincidence that that was when they lost all their momentum. So J.J. Watt would slot in perfectly on the other side of T.J. Yeah, I mean, if there's... There's room. You gotta, you know, you're competing with Sacks with your brother, and you're you're working together. But then there's also the, you know, you gotta think of like Thanksgiving dinner, right, <laughs> or Christmas dinner, okay. and you say, you know what, we're all getting together, and it's like when the Steelers lose, all three of them are like, man, we all suck. But if he goes to another team, then you have that bragging rights. You have that uh, competitive nature to say, you know what, I want to be the the winner at Christmas dinner this year, instead of being in the same boat, there's got to be, there's some sibling rivalry there as much as it'd be nice to play together. There's got to be some of that. Um, but whatever. I mean, he fits probably well in Pittsburgh. If there is a need for him, I think it's a better fit than green Bay. And to me, my, my frustration, if I was Aaron Rodgers and I was watching the Packers be front runners for JJ Watt, um, cause they just spent, I think 50 million on both their defensive ends, already yeah. um who are you know again are they jj watt level sometimes they play like it is sometimes they don't but when i look at the green bay team i don't see their edge rushers as being the primary focus of where they should be looking at in the offseason of how to rebuild this team or how to uh build up this team for me it's on the offensive side you got to give guys like aaron Rodgers sure. more weapons like Spend that money on, uh, you know, who else we got? I mean, Allen Robinson, you talk about Kenny Galladay um, is a likely franchise tag Corey or whatever. Davis. Uh, Corey Davis. Like, guys that are another weapon. Like, Devontae Adams is phenomenal. But Devontae Adams is one dude. The other guys are all hit and miss. They you really know? are. They, they catch the ball here and there. Scantley is super fast. Um, but, again, his hands aren't the best. Like, you just need to have another weapon. Their running game is being established, and they, they got a couple, a couple of good backs back there. you got to have a good passing game and maybe a little bit of depth in the offensive line. If you're going to have injuries like you have this year, you got to make sure that you have guys to step in because that was another, um, another reason that they lost, in my opinion, was that they're banged up offensive line and a bunch of makeshift guys at that point. Yep. But get Aaron Rodgers something. So if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm sitting back, I'm saying, you're going after this guy who his contract is huge. We can get one, maybe even two receivers for that price. Why don't we do that? Well, that's it. They brought in the Smith brothers. Not They're not brothers, the Smith boys, uh, to play on their defense a couple of years ago. It's worked out 
They clearly want to get younger. They got rid of some of their older guys. Clay Matthews is no longer there. They're not going to bring in J.J. Watt and spend a ton of money when they have so many needs on the offensive side. And yet they were still one of the best offenses in the NFL. Can you imagine if he had a second or third option? I mean, they. I mean, that's a Super Bowl contending team now that Breeze is, is likely not coming back. I mean, geez, you know? Yeah, that's. it's not, not a good fit for them. But, I mean, that's where he's, he's from Wisconsin. I think Pittsburgh is the best fit for him because of the need and because the unlikeliness of Bud Dupree coming back. And Bud Dupree, speaking of him, is another free agent. I think he might end up in Arizona. There's a it's always a pipeline with older linebackers in Pittsburgh going to Arizona, dating back to Joey Porter and uh, Larry Foote. All these guys end up going to Arizona for some reason. They're you know why? Later. Yeah, because it's it's dry. Yeah. Like the amount of people that I know, or the amount of people, the stories I've heard of people who can hardly walk being up here now in Canada is different than being in uh, Pittsburgh and stuff a little bit, but weather is very similar. The humidity yeah. plays uh, havoc on your body and your bones, all that kind of stuff. And in Arizona, they go down and they live proper lives because it's dry. It has a thing. So I think it's more from a, a, a physical health standpoint. You yeah. say, you know what? I can go down there and I'm playing and practicing and doing all my stuff in Arizona you're going to play longer. You're going to feel better, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think there's a huge advantage to that. I mean, Terrell Suggs ended up having a couple of good years there towards the end of his career. So yeah, there is definitely a thing. Um, Dak Prescott, he's got, he's come, he's got to come back to the Cowboys. They've got, they got a franchise tag him. You think? Yeah. Yeah. There's no, yeah. Prescott's going is that even up for debate. No, I don't think so. Um, Corey Davis says it was an interesting one for me. I know he's not a flashy receiver, but he's a big guy, and I thought he I thought he played well in in Tennessee. Um, I could see him going to a place like Washington, you know, or even Green Bay, a play a wide receiver needy team. Um, you see him, you see him coming back with Tennessee. Um, I mean, he's a big part of their offense. You know, like again, not a flashy guy, but he's a big body, great hands. Uh, yeah. I think he still has a real big upside to him. So yeah. uh, if I'm Tennessee, if you know financially, if we can make it work, yeah, I would. If I'm Corey Davis, I'm calling Aaron Rodgers if I'm interested and saying, you know, do I fit with him? Do you know? Do we gel? Like, can we get along? And if it is, I don't know. If I'm a receiver that has any ability, I'm going and want to play with Aaron Rodgers. You know, regardless of anything else, the guy's got the numbers. He, he has the ability, he has the need for somebody else to step up. And I think, uh, you know, bookending Devontae Adams is somewhere where it can really propel your career if you're going to be uh, um, a receiver that wants to sort of take that next step. And Tennessee's a, a run-first team, you know? Yeah. And it's uh, Green Bay sort of makes the run off the pass a lot, or they used to. I think they're starting to transition a little bit because they're having success. But – um, you know that Aaron Rodgers is going to throw the ball a ton during the game. How about uh, how about Ryan Fitzpatrick? Uh, he'll be a great coach somewhere. <laughs> you don't you don't see him coming back to play? Uh, I I do. Um, I just think it's going on. It's it's in the uh, what's the other guy's name? McCown. Josh McCown. Josh yeah. McCown, who played for like every team in the league, I think at one point. He's still um, he's still a backup. Is he really? Yes, he's still a backup. In fact, uh, we'd, I would love to fact check where he's backing up right now, but the quarterback in front of him is not uh, isn't signed. So, like, he could play this year if they don't figure things out in terms of uh, their quarterback. You know, you, beside uh, Fitzpatrick, you had the Bears as just a hunch. Uh, th- those are the kind of teams that 
he would want to go to and teams should want to bring him in because he doesn't cost a lot. He's a guy that, you know, has this Fitz magic sort of aura about him that it's like, you know what, this is the guy we're trying to go with. If it's not yeah. him, this is a filler until we figure things out or whatever. But we also know that our team has some ability, has, you know, the other aspects of the game are, are fairly good. So who knows what happens? Let's just kind of try it. And I feel like Fitzpatrick is that guy. And I think that, you know, maybe he brings some excitement to the Chicago offense. And, um, you know, he, he gets in there and, and makes a few big plays and, and, and changes their season for a little bit. They're not going to win the championship, but, you know, give them something to, uh, to cheer for and to be excited for. And, uh, Absolutely. You know, a team like that would be, uh, would be a good fit for him, I think. Matt and he's good with an the interesting. Colts, yeah, Matt Matt Judon's an interesting free agent. I know I I'm 99% sure the the Ravens are going to franchise tag him, but if they don't, you know, again, there's a pipe these team these teams have pipelines. There must be just a connection with front offices or whatever, but the Jets seem to Jets and Ravens seem to make a lot of transactions. I could see the Jets spending on on Matt Judon, who's a really really good outside linebacker. Yeah, I mean, they're in need, you know. Um Again, he's got a lot of upside. He's a, he's an up and coming linebacker for sure. Oh, absolutely, that, Aaron Jones. You think the Packers make a? They they proved in the playoffs last year that they've got they're pretty deep at running back. They're deep, you know, with uh, Williams and uh, they got the other uh, a big kid, Dixon, Dylan, or whatever his name Dylan. is, Dylan. Um, I still think that you know you bring back an Aaron Jones, but it depends on the money he's asking. We got confirmation yeah. McCowns with uh, the Houston Texans. Hey, listen, he's the so, backup hey. in Houston. If things don't work out, he's next man up. They've got nobody, right? Yeah. I mean, unless they trade for Tua, which, I, I mean, right now Miami's a hot mess for even throwing his name out there. So, that, you know, they could really – I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Watson. He's – I think he's adamant that he wants out. So, interesting. Um, there's nobody else really on my list that blows me away. I, no. I thought Cam Newton's an interesting guy. Um do you think he could, he wants to come back? Do you think the team's going to make a play for him? Maybe come back to New England with a full a full off season and a full. I mean, I don't know. He uh, he spoke super highly of Bill Belichick today in an interview. Yeah, and that's what you do. Like if you enjoyed playing there and you enjoy the coaching and all that kind of stuff, and and you know what I mean. Like you're you're a, a man without a team. So I'm glad he's not bashing. Belichick or anything like that, yeah. and burning bridges. That's yeah. not the case. Hopefully, he actually did enjoy it, and maybe they bring him back. Cam Newton is too good of an athlete to not be in the NFL. Period. Agreed. It's just a matter of where he he goes and and what opportunity he's given and the weapons and stuff around him. But I think if anybody, you know, I would like to see him under Belichick because he tends to put him in in favorable situations. Although. Given this year seemed to be a bit out of whack, where I was, I thought that Cam Newton was taking way too many hits than he should. Uh, but that also may not be a coaching thing. That still may be Newton's, you know, ability to read the offense, uh, the the defense. Given what the offensive play is, maybe he's not, he wasn't picking that up as quick enough, or maybe again they're just missing players and it's, they didn't gel yet. But I'd like to see. I I want to see him in the league. You know, so yep. he's got to be here. somewhere and he's got to have an opportunity to do something. Same here. Anybody else on that list that strike you? Not really. Um, you know, again, the Packers, you know, being in the Jadavian Clowney talk is, again, they love these edge rushers. Um, yeah. 
But again, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm not uh, not ecstatic about that. I think I'm really curious to see where Aaron Jones goes. Um, and anyway, but no, that's uh, that's about it. I'm curious. I think JJ, you know, I know he's got Pittsburgh and Green Bay front runners. I think we still see a a sneak in there somewhere from a different uh, Cleveland, a different team, which yeah, could be Cleveland. Good um, fit. That's another good fit. Uh, I'm not going to deny that. I think the Bills are a good fit, to be honest, too. Um, again, he's got to move his family though, so we'll see. Buffalo, I don't know, from Buffalo, from a city, it may not be appealing. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, you never know. I I kind of feel like there's going to be a, a another team that sneaks up and actually lands him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, um, that's it for the NFL. I got a quick um, unsportsmanlike moment. <laughs> Okay. That uh, came up. I saw this. It was a, uh, I don't even know what level this is, but it's a minor league hockey game of some sort. Let's see if we can uh, see this video. Uh, So I'm going to leave the volume down because there is swearing. You can hear the guy swear, but there's a fight going on and the goalie finds a stick from the opposing player and sticks it through the top of the net in the mesh and then snaps it. (laughs) And the player loses it and goes after the goalie. And then the goalie gets protected by his players and just kind of skates away and skates by, gets no repercussions whatsoever. But I feel for this kid. This I don't know what level this is, but these are three hundred dollars sticks now. So this goalie just <laughs> it doesn't fight, doesn't do anything, just sticks picks up the stick, sticks it in the net, and then snaps it in half. And the, the other kid loses it anyway. I said so that's my unsportsmanlike unsportsmanlike conduct. Of the week. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, let's pay a bill before we move on. Do it. All right. Today's show is brought to you by Ken Trip Real Estate. Looking to invest in real estate and don't know where to start? Well, Ken is an experienced investor and can show you the way. So ask Ken how to get started. Uh, again, Ken, personal friend of ours, but uh, a real uh, professional at, at his trade. So looking to buy a house? He's the man. Right on. All right. Um, I, you're going to have to forgive me for one second. I've got to pull up our f- final segment. Is this the Legends or not? It sure is, pal. Should there we get – you think Curtis wants to get in on this? You, you know what, Curtis, if you're listening still, um, you might want to get on this. There's some interesting names on this list. And uh, for people who are listening, I remind you, this is uh, – this segment's called Legend or Not a Legend, but it's – solely for their time in Ottawa. So, you know, is Ray Bork a legend in Colorado? Hard to say. Probably not. He only played a year and a half, won a cup, but I don't think he was an integral part of that winning that cup. So, um, there's Kurt. There's the man. So, Kurt, this uh, on this edition of Legend or Not a Legend, we've got a list of Ottawa Senators that'll... Oh, okay. Yeah, send you back to... Uh, a uh, little trip down memory lane here. So, again, I'm not sure if you just heard that last part, but it's only for their time in Ottawa. Yeah, got it. Okay? All right. All right. So I'll let you guys each have a chi- each have a chance to chime in. Uh, legend or not a legend, Chris Phillips? That's – Brock's a yes. I'm a, I'm a no. I, Interesting. Now, again, I guess legend would be defined as if they, they came, if oh, they came sorry, back was, to the building, would you hand them the keys to the city kind of thing? That That's the that's a different community, so it's tough to say no to that, but uh, 
I don't know. I, I, he just wasn't a flashy player, right? So maybe that's that's also something to do with it. I'm not you sure. know what? There's quite a few guys on this list like that. That's a, that's a good. You make a good point. Wade Redden. No, we got to know. Okay. I got to know. You say no, eh? Uh, okay. Um, yeah, I guess I'll go. Uh, I'll go no. Okay, Alex Dig. I think there'll be a lot of people that are like wouldn't even know who he is. No. Alexi Yashin. Yes. No. Oh, we're, we're split, split decision, yeah? I think he's more of a legend for what he brought back to Ottawa with uh, Chera and Spencer, but... Ah, that's true. That's true. Was, that, was that through the uh, Islanders yeah. deal? Yeah. Great deal. Who made that deal? Who was the GM at the time? It was... Uh, was it Muckler? No. Brilliant. Murray? Uh, definitely wasn't... We'll get Dom a fact Hashi. checker. We'll get a fact checker to find that out. Uh, Alexi Ashen is a legend because when I used to work at the movie theater at Rideau Center, I remember he came in and I was like, that's Alexi Ashen with his whatever girlfriend. I can't remember her name, uh, whatever. Beautiful girl. They go in. It's, I don't know, four in the afternoon, whatever it is. And uh, I remember, I, I think I called maybe Mikey even. Uh, Ferreira and stuff, and I was like, Alexi Ashton's here, and we all snuck into the theater that he was watching the movie in, and he was in this movie, and he was dying, like like howling, laughing, oh no, hysterically. You know what movie it was? Flubber with the Robin Williams, <laughs> like it was a kid's movie, and I was like, this is so weird. I'm like, well, I guess if he doesn't understand English that well, this kind of comedy probably makes it for him, but. Anyway, I to this day I still remember like giggling like schoolers in the back at him laughing so hard at this movie and anyway it was uh, well Ferreras uh, was with me when I went to go see MacGruber in the theater and he was the Ashton was a few rows up and uh, in MacGruber it's pretty ridiculous comedy but like there are some hysterical scenes that the three of us would find funny and then there's like some cheesy stuff that you know it's like sort of lowbrow comedy. Yeah. So Frere and I were laughing our butts off at, at a couple of scenes. The graveyard scene was in particular. But all the rest of the cheesy stuff, Yashin was howling. But <laughs> Yashin turned around and gave us the evil eye. When we when Mike and I started laughing at some of the more, whatever, R-rated scenes, Mike and I were crying of laughter. And he actually turned around and, and gave us the old, uh, like, pipe down. Okay, really? Hey, He's yeah. a big boy. He's pretty he big. He's a big boy. He was. I was with Ferrer, so I was. I was. I felt pretty safe. But uh, yeah, <laughs> wild stuff. Uh, okay. Marshall Johnson. Marshall Johnson was the GM that made that deal. Thank you, good, Mikey. Good, great deal. Uh, Dominic Hasek. No, no, I, I forget that he played fraud sometimes. That perfect example, Patrick Lalim. I mean. Uh, Alleged, if he went back in Ottawa, would they hang his number? Would they give no. him the keys? Would no, they... no. I, I liked Laleem because at that time I was a diehard Leaf fan, and he was like <laughs> the reason we would win games. The Hamburglar. No. No. Zidane Chera. Yes. We, we miss him. Yeah. Brock? No. Oof. And I think it's because of what him and the Boston Bruins have done to the Sens over the last little while, or not little while, for a long while, that I just think that, uh, I don't know. It's a tough one. Yeah. It's a tough one. I think it's he played all the prime years done. in Boston. Tom yeah. Barrasso? 
No. No. Ron Tugnut? No. Craig Anderson? Yes. Yes. Very underrated. Craig Anderson, I mean, he, he had sort of a one-year good, one-year bad, one-year good. When he did, he's done that for about six years. But ultimately, he was he was pretty good. Um, Jason Spezza? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Marion Hosa? No, no just, I think it's... Didn't spend time here. Yeah, I think it's, again, best it's tough, years eh? were outside of Ottawa. Marty Havlett. I love Marty Havlett. Um, Mach 7. Was it Mach 7? Mach 9? What was it? Mach, uh, 9? Mach 9? Mach 9. <laughs> Is that what he wore? Okay. <laughs> that was his nickname. Mach uh, 9. Thank you, right. Mike. Uh, I'd say... I'd say, yeah. Okay. I'll give... Yeah. yeah, I'll give him... I mean, yeah. He used to come in the Bulldog all the time, Remember? I do remember. And I remember he was like, oh, he offered me tickets. And somebody's like, don't give him tickets. He's a Leaf fan. He's like, I don't care. Come to the game. Enjoy it. Whatever. So he got me Leaf tickets. And yeah, good, good guy. Put yeah. his heart into it. Um, I remember him and Chris Neal put me in a very awkward situation. I'll tell you that story off air. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> Radic, Radic Bonk. Oh, my goodness. No. He had a decent, he was decent run with with uh, Ottawa, especially during those uh, real rivalry games against Toronto there in the playoffs. He was he was yeah. big for them. He helped yeah. them get over the hump. I, I'm going to go yeah with Bonk Bonkers. Yeah, Eric Carlson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Mark Stone. That's a good run in 2016, boys. 2017. It's a good run in 2016. He got traded so early though. He reminds me kind of like a, a Hosa. He's going to be even better after his time in Ottawa. Uh, Mark, Mark Stone might be one of the best players in the NHL. Oh, for sure he is. Yeah. In terms of uh, like an all-around player. Um, Mike Fisher. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Chris Neal? Yeah. Yeah. Hard not to, right? You know? Yeah, put his put his fists and face on the line every night. Uh, Matt, so speak, are, speaking of awkward situations, new hockey. Yeah, yeah, he Magnus, put me in an awkward situation uh, with, yeah. along the same lines. The other one, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> Magnus Arvidsson. No, no, I'm okay. literally Mc- like, who's that? Sean McEachern. McEachern. No. Is he the guy that got destroyed behind the net? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Poor Sean McGee. I'm sorry, Sean, if you're listening. <laughs> He's not. Yeah. Uh, the, the last one, old Danny Heatley. No. I, he had his yeah. best years in Ottawa. I, yeah, I I'd say yeah. He had his best he years in Ottawa. I don't know what an Ottawa likes him anymore. So if you're, <laughs> you're here, he's not coming back or people are not giving the keys to anything. Wow. Well, there you have it. It's this. It's not as easy as it sounds, eh, boys? This legend or not, no legend. This is a tough one. It's, so it's not. Alfredson, I, like I guess, was a no-brainer that you didn't even put on the list, right? Oh God, Alfredson is probably the Ottawa Senator. Like, if you, you have one representative for a team, it would be him. So, yeah, I, I didn't. Kind of a. Is, give us that layup. All right. Is Maybe there anybody that else, Curtis, that you would say? You know what? He didn't. I would have said he was a legend. That Pep Did I miss may have anybody? Missed? Uh, off the top of my head, nah. No. Uh, Brad Shaw? No. <laughs> Brad Marsh? Brad Marsh. 
<laughs> Sorry, oh, Brad. Marcy. Oh, Marcy. Yeah. Well, I mean, anybody who was on that inaugural team that won 10 games or whatever, I think deserves a little credit for just putting us on the map. But, I think uh, if, you, if you play with no lid, you're a legend automatically. Right? Honest to God. Ron Dugay. Uh, Peter Storkowicz. No. Peter Sidorkowicz. <laughs> the whitest pads in the history of pads. Yeah. Uh, no, that's it. Ah, I'm going to have to get the next legend one because I, I think they'd be a lot of fun going through all those old names and finding uh, people to put up. Or maybe I'll get Pretty Chris great. to do it and he can uh, ask us. Pretty great. Well, listen, folks, if you're, if you're listening and uh, you disagree with something that Kurt and, his, and Brock said uh, in terms of legend, no legend, feel free to pipe in on our UC page and uh, leave us a message. Right on. I, uh, anything else to add to this, Pep? That's all I got for today myself. All right. Well, it's, uh, there's a bit of a stall here because I completely forgot to load up a song. <laughs> which is oh, okay <laughs> i totally forgot to load up do i have what do i have here all right we're going out to thrift shop this was the one that uh we'll take it was the other option the stores are open now so you wanted to you know get out That's there right. shop support local and uh, hit your thrift shops all right other than that uh again everybody have a great week we will be back here next week is it next week the basketball week Next week, we're at, we've got a basketball segment with Dan Case and Dave Barbier in the house. Right on. That'll be great. Uh, we'll explore their predictions and see where they're at now. But uh, a lot of good conversations for basketball next week. So tune in next week, Tuesday, 7 o'clock. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week. Make sure you check out our UC merch. And we will see you guys next week. I'm just pumped, I bought some sh- from a thrift what? shop Ice on the fringe is so damn frosty The people like, damn, that's a cold ass honky Rolling in hella deep, headed to the mezzanine Dressed in all pink, set my gator shoes Those are green, draped in a leopard mink Girl standing next to me, probably should have washed this Smells like R. Kelly sheets but sh- it was 99 cents Copping it, washing it About to go and get some compliments Passing up on those moccasins Someone else has been walking in Bummy and grungy f***ing men I am stunting and flossing And saving my money And I'm hella happy that's a bargain I'ma take your grandpa style I'ma take your grandpa style No, for real Ask your grandpa Can I have his hand-me-down? Thank you Lord jumpsuit And some house slippers Dookie brown leather jacket That I found digging They had a broken keyboard I bought a broken keyboard I bought a ski blanket Then I bought a kneeboard Hello, hello My ace man, my mellow John I ain't got nothing on my fringe game, hell no. I could take some pro wings, make them cool, sell those. The sneaker heads will be like, ah, oh, he got the Velcro. Oh. I'm gonna pop some tags, only got $20 in my pocket. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm hunting, looking for a come up. This is being awesome. Ow. I'm gonna pop some tags, only got $20 in my pocket. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm hunting, looking for a come up. This is Awesome. What she know about rocking the wolf on your noggin? What she knowin' about wearing a fur fox skin? Whoa. I'm digging, I'm digging, I'm searching right through that luggage. One man's trash, that's another man's come up. Whoa. Thank your granddad for donating that plaid button up shirt. Cause right now I'm up in her stunt. I'm at the goodwill, you can find me in the I'm not, I'm not stuck on searching in the section. Your grandma, your auntie, your mama, your mammy. I'll take those flannel zebra jammies secondhand and rock that.
Whoa. The built-in onesie with the socks on them. Whoa. I hit the party and they stop in that. Whoa. They be like, oh, that Gucci, that's hella tight. I'm like, yo, that's $50 for a t-shirt. Limited edition, let's do some simple edition. $50 for a t-shirt, that's just some ignorant. I call that getting swindled and pips. I call that getting tricked by business. That shirt's hella dope. And having the same one as six other people in this club is a hella don't eat gang. Come take a look through my telescope. Trying to get girls from a brand, man, you hella won't. Man, you hella won't. Shop down the road. I'm 